Welcome to the Made For More podcast. I'm your host, Elise Margaret, and I'll be sharing soulfully and spiritually aligned business tips and advice that have helped me create three businesses from scratch and creating an online empire of a six-figure business. Join us weekly where we sit down and chat wholeheartedly, get real and raw with myself and special guests every week. Welcome back to the Made for More podcast. Today we have special guest Dr. Ashley Barker, who is a doctor of chiropractic and women's health lead, as well as a busy mama. Welcome, Ashley, to our show. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, can you tell your audience a little bit more about yourself and how you got started in your journey? Yeah, so uh, it's a little bit of a long, convoluted story, but ultimately this is my second career in healthcare. So I started out as a kinesiologist, just meaning that I did like the active care, like the exercise portion of um, someone's care plan when working with like a physio, chiro, sports med doctor. So I worked for a busy sports medicine clinic in Aurelia, actually. <laughs> Small <Ew. room. laughs> Yeah, back to function. So that's where I started out. And then um, being there, I got to work with, honestly, some of the best providers in the field. And it made me realize that I wanted to go back to school and do a little bit more um, manual one-on-one care with patients. So I went back to school to get my doctorate uh, in chiropractic. And then from there, so I was in clinical practice for a little bit, a couple years, and then I got pregnant with my son. And after having him, I realized that there was just a massive gap in the healthcare system um, helping to bridge women from having had a baby to getting back to whatever it is they loved doing physically, right? Mm -hmm. So I made a lot of (laughs) interesting choices and mistakes in my postpartum period. So as you may well know, being self-employed, we don't always get the luxury of, you know, having a paid mat leave where mm-hmm. we've been taking a percentage of our income. So because I was a relatively new grad with very high um, student loans, I went back to work at about 10, 11 weeks postpartum. Wow. Um, for those that have never seen a, a physio or a chiro, our jobs are pretty physical. So I need to be able to demonstrate exercises and, and work on patients. And um, so I had talked to my primary care team about returning to work at that time. And their response was basically like, well, you know, you've done it before. You've done it throughout your whole pregnancy. You're probably good to go. And I was like, okay, well, I also belong to a CrossFit gym. (laughs) Um, Should I go back to that too? I play on a baseball team, on a mixed baseball team. I'm seeing where this is going. (laughs) Right, right. And they were like, yeah, you did it all before. And yeah. You know, I went back and did all of the things all at once, Mm. Um, you know, plus having a relatively stressful uh, 10 weeks off. um, And really, my body was absolutely not prepared for that. Mm -hmm. Um, My tissues were not healed and ready for that dramatic increase in loads. And uh, it went very, very poorly. Mm -hmm. So... That my own experience coupled with seeing the same thing over and over again in clinical practice and treating the same injuries in new moms and moms with little children. Um, I was just like, man, like nobody is 
giving these individuals, you know, even just the education they need to, you know, avoid some of these things um, or, or how to manage them. So I became really, really interested in actually working with the postnatal population because I feel even now there's, there's still work that can be done, but there's, um, you know, you hear prenatal classes, right? Like how, how many postnatal classes do you know of? Right? So people feel, you know, really prepared going in to have that child and then, you know, you birth a baby, they hand them off to you and they just sort of send you home and they'll say, hey, we'll see you once at six weeks. We'll make sure you're yeah. still alive and uh, we'll go from there. And- but also not even that, like the, the post six weeks checkup, like with COVID too, some people just got like a phone call and they're like, you good? And then it's like, you move forward and it's like, how can they do that? A hundred percent. And, you know, I'm not, we could get into a whole other conversation about this, but mm-hmm. the medical system is, is very taxed um, at the best of times before COVID. Mm-hmm. For and sure. a lot of these physicians and, and primary care providers don't, our healthcare system is not structured for them to have a lot of time one-on-one with patients, right? And that's, it's really not the physician's fault. But even when you do go for this six-week checkup, oftentimes they're looking at uh, making sure uh, to rule out any of the dark and scary things that could be happening. So like um, infections uh, over by stitches or near a surgical incision, Um, you know, making sure that we are adequately spacing births. So making sure that there's some sort of contraceptive or birth control being used Um, and ruling out, you know, mom being an immediate threat to herself. So, you know, making sure she's not uh, dealing with a lot of postpartum depression, right? So those are really the things it's kind of like, are you alive? Are you bleeding? Do you have an infection? How do we (laughs) get pregnant? You know, are you actively having a meltdown? No, no, no. <laughs> well, when like off you go, right? Yeah. yeah. When, when in reality, there's there's women sitting, you know, in the spectrum somewhere. They're like, well, you know, I'm not having a full fledged mental breakdown, but I'm not sure if all of these feelings that I'm I'm having right now are completely normal at all parts of the day. You know, maybe I'm not actively bleeding anymore, but I'm having pain during sexual intercourse with my partner. Is that normal? Or, mm-hmm. you know, when I cough or sneeze or have to move quickly, I'm, I'm peeing a little. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm getting a lot of back pain when I'm bending over and picking up my fussy baby 400 times in the night. Is that normal? And that's where I think that clinicians like myself can really step in and, um, and really, really helped facilitate at this time. Um, so that's kind of really what got me on this journey. And then, you know, I kind of uh, met up. I, I In my journey, I met with uh, the owners of Impact Healthcare, um, Casey and Jen Smith. And um, they have three young children themselves. And they noticed a similar gap. So they were kind of, you know, in talks with me saying, you know, we want to build this women's health division that's like a multidisciplinary sort of team mm-hmm. really help, um, you know, facilitate moms and new families in these beginning stages. And I was like, take me, <laughs> I want to yeah. do this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to run it. And they were like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> and then, you know, the last, I guess, two years of my life, have been dedicated uh, toward, you know, really building this, this team, um, because I really don't think that there's, you know, one provider for all of all of the answers. So, you know, mm-hmm. I work with a psychotherapist, um, you know, a registered dietitian, um, 
a, a pelvic floor physiotherapist, a couple of RMTs that have, you know, additional training in, in, in prenatal or perinatal massage. Um, you know, we have a naturopathic doctor starting with us in September and um, somebody who practices traditional Chinese medicine, acupuncture, uh, coming on as well. So there's, you know, pretty big group of us um, all with the same kind of goals in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And I feel like I, I could relate to so many things you said, like I play soccer, and I wanted to go like full force in and I was like, no, because I'm having issues. And then also could relate to like, yes, you get checked off for the six weeks. But then I started to notice that like, I had postpartum anxiety, and I started going to study therapist. And I was like, what's happening? So I feel like for moms, there isn't a lot of support like you talked about these classes after so do you think there's some like advice or maybe some steps for a new mom to take after um, that you would recommend that is a really great question um and one which is a kind of a complicated answer so I have found that since uh working with this population over the last couple of years I am actually seeing more services um, and programs becoming available in Simcoe County, which I think is fantastic. However, it's a lot of these, almost all of these things are not OHIP covered or Mm -hmm. subsidized. So when we look at really the root of the problem, I think a big part of this is actually accessibility. Not that these things don't exist. Um, for example, one of the things I recommend to all of my patients, anybody that will listen to me and what kind of got started on my journey is I took a fourth trimester, uh, series through Serenity Birth Studios. Mm -hmm. Um, and that group was really instrumental in sort of facilitating my postpartum health and network. So it was a group of moms that met up, um, one to two times a week. And there was a bit of a loose curriculum. You know, we talked about, um, you know, postpartum mood disorders to a degree. Um, We talked about normal infant sleep patterns so that you could, um, I don't know, just kind of know what to expect, right? Know that it's not, you know, biologically normal for infants to, um, you know, be born and sleep through the nights, right? Uh, recognizing different um, infant cries and what they could mean and different ways to sue the baby. Because as a first time mom, like, I, I don't know, maybe other people knew this stuff. I sure as heck didn't. <laughs> um, and then we we really could share our, you know, our wins and our struggles amongst one another in a safe space. So that was a program that I just think is so highly valuable. Um, but again, it's private. It's run through uh, Serenity Birth Studios, which is a local business. But like, if somebody doesn't have the extra $200 out of of pocket during Mm -hmm. maternity leave, that sort of changes things and it might not necessarily be accessible. Um, So what I've started doing, you know, my contribution to this problem, you know, thus far is when I'm working with somebody prenatally, that's a patient of mine, What I've started to do is, of course, we, you know, we go through some things to expect prenatally, you know, what are normal aches and pains, you know, what are Braxton Hicks contractions compared to the real deal? Um, You know, what are some positions of relief during labor, you know, conservative pain control techniques during labor and delivery? We go through all of that. But what I try to get um, birthing parents to 
start to consider before baby comes is your postpartum plan. So how do you plan to have, you know, nutritionally dense food? Like, you know, what are, what's your meal prep looking like? What's your support system going to look like? What are you going to do if you are struggling mentally and emotionally and you know for financial reasons that your spouse has to go back to work right away and there's going to be nobody home with you? You know, are you close with a neighbor? Do you have close friends? Is there a family member that can come stay with you and help out with tasks around the house? If you have older children, you know, do you sort of have an idea or a plan in place of childcare or ways to keep them busy so that you can focus, you know, a little bit more of your time of bonding and resting during this time? You know, can we use some of this time before baby comes to prepare some of the the not so fun parts of the postpartum journey. Like now do we want to make some padsicles and make sure you've got peri bottles in each one of your bathrooms. If there's multiple floors in your house, this is the stuff I talk about, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you, um, you know, might take a poop in a different toilet and you might need your peri bottle, right? So just having these, these things in place. So I would, you know, suggest for women, um, you know, take some time and map out a postpartum plan what you think this time is going to look like to you potentially come up with the what ifs you know what if I struggle with xyz what would I put into place who's helped me in the past when I've been struggling you know how can I rearrange my home potentially you know if I ended up having a c-section or if I end up being really sore you know maybe I need to be closer to the kitchen or closer to the common living space right Mm-hmm. Kind of think about some of these things and plan accordingly. That would be mm-hmm. kind of one piece of advice. And um, and really from a systems perspective, I think that we just need to have more in place as a standard for women uh, and, and individuals after they give birth. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in France, for example, it is a standard that they have a pelvic floor physiotherapist make their rounds through you know, the labor delivery ward and, and make sure that, um, you know, anybody that needs uh, pelvic floor therapy kind of receives it sooner rather than later, right? <laughs> we don't have those things in place right now. And, and I think that we should consider that. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but I feel that, like, I didn't even know about that until my girlfriend had shared that with me. And there's so many things I feel were uneducated. And you talked about the fourth trimester group. I heard about that later after <laughs> I had already like surpassed that. So like, it's, it would be nice too, if there's like, here's a handbook for like, after you're done too. Right. So um, I feel like there's a lot of things that do get missed. Um, but um, I think so many things you said are valuable. A lot of people don't plan and they don't think of the future and things like that. Um, also being that you are a business owner and a mom and everything, and some people can like look up to you in a certain sense, how do you balance it all? Or there's some things. <laughs> oh my God. How do I balance it all? That... Wow. Uh, we're just going to say that is a hard work in process. <laughs> so, um, like we shared before this call is, you know, life evolves, life changes. So mm-hmm. as I mentioned to you, I'm, I'm recently uh, separated from my ex-husband and, you know, for example, this summer has really been about, um, you know, getting my son Bennett and I in a new routine, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a new home and new things established. So, I mean, these things always evolve, um, 
over time and life circumstances. But if I'm being honest, um, for the longest time, you know, for the first, I think, two of the three and a half years that my son's been been on this earth, um, I've worked part time hours technically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the demands of my ex's job, um, you know, we couldn't both be full throttle in our professions. So I did not have the same hours that I did now. And I really did have to kind of split my time between parenting and being a clinician and things like that. Um, And honestly, it's really been sort of the village around me and um, our our daycare, right? So with Mm -hmm. having, you know, reliable daycare and people that I can trust to leave my son with and, you know, in a, in a loving environment and helping him learn, like that's obviously a huge part of, of the team that I've needed in order to be able to move forward in my business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's such a tough balance. And I would say um, it's absolutely not something I've mastered at this point in time. Like what I've been trying to do as of late is, you know, when my son is awake, Um, you know, I am present and there with him and we are doing activities and at the park and all the things. And then when he goes to bed, though, quite honestly, when I would love to be relaxing and reading a book or watching something on TV, I'm generally catching up on soap notes or writing emails or creating social media content. So I mean, I don't know all that balance, but that's that's what I've been doing. Yeah, But I think it's important to share and say that because I used to have people come up to me and ask, and it's, it's not that we do it all ourselves. The balance is that you're also asking for support and you're um, getting people to help you, like you said, because it does take a village. Um, but sometimes people just see like the outside perspective. And it's like, though, that's the part of the balance is getting the help and asking for the help and not you know, trying to do everything yourself. No, like I will be the first to tell you, like I am a hot mess mom. <laughs> I like when I go to work, like I am not somebody um, that has a full face of makeup. My hair is not always done. I'm not always wearing, you know, the most beautiful business attire. I often <laughs> hope you will get, you will likely get one of those three things. I'll either be in, you know, you know, nice business attire clothing, or I will have styled hair or I'll be wearing makeup. And if I'm wearing all three, chances are there's something really big happening. <laughs> I mean, I like, I like your honesty because I think that's important too, because I feel as mom, sometimes you put on this like fake persona at times being like, I I have it all together. And then you go home and you just, you can be a hot mess at times. And I I can relate. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, I, I, yeah, I don't have that, um, that act. So definitely (laughs) relatable that way. Um, Another question too, being a business owner and maybe someone that's just starting, what are some tips that you would suggest to them? Oh, um, I mean, I guess that would depend on who I'm sort of talking to. But um, I would say, you know, really follow what you are truly passionate about and not what you think others want you to do or what mm-hmm. you think that you necessarily should do. So that's how I started out my career is, you know, we were given all of this, you know, I went to university for almost a decade and we were kind of told like, you know, this is how you act and behave and dress and, and interact with patients as a clinician. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is how to run a successful practice and and blah, blah, blah. And I just found that a lot of that 
didn't me very well. I didn't love showing up to work every day um, within those particular boundaries. And I found over time that truly as I, as I become more myself, like it almost used to be, there was like Dr. Ashley Barker and then Ashley, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I find the more that I'm just showing up generally as as Ashley, the better mm -hmm. my practice has done, the more opportunities that have presented itself. So just being like really authentic, asking for what you want, going for what you want, uh, even if that's not the mainstream way, because I think at the end of the day, if you're showing up as yourself, putting in that really hard work and are really passionate about what you do, um, clients, patients, you know, customers, whatever, people are going to relate to that. They're going to, they're going to feel that you're in this for them and not just for, you know, monetary gain. And I think when people trust you, um, that's when you start to get a lot more accomplished, right? If they mm -hmm. think you're a team working towards something, at least in healthcare, mm -hmm. I speak more toward the healthcare side of things. If, if patients really feel that you're um, working with them to achieve their goals and help them to accomplish something that means something to them, then everybody wins and you will be successful. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's so important. I think a lot of times too, when we do start something new, we try to do like what everyone else is doing and like that may not work for you. So I think being more true to yourself and being authentic, that does make you stand out. And a lot of times people don't even realize that. And it's the confidence too, like you standing behind um, like your work and things like that. Um, do you have, uh, this is like an off topic. <laughs> It's just, I guess it's also for the moms out there, but do you have any like mom hacks or things you feel that are like helpful? Because most of our listeners are either business owners or mothers. Um, so I would love to hear what you have to say. Hey, yes, I do. Because I <laughs> tell you about things that have really helped me in like the hardest six months of my life is mm -hmm. if I were to put it kind of under like a general bracket is truly take care of yourself. Mm, yes, yes. you're like okay cool that's that's easy yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I feel is really common sort of messaging out in social media or whatever especially towards women it's like take a bath go get your nails done you know um you know put on makeup feel good that day and and while I think that you know all of those things if you want to do those things are great what mm -hmm. I have found that has made me given me the most energy the most ability to show up for myself and the most challenging times of my life is prioritizing sleep. Mm -hmm. so such an old lady. Like I go to <laughs> like nine, nine 30. So do I. I'm on board because <laughs> I literally have to, I literally yeah. have to, to get yeah. all the things I want to accomplish in a day. Meal prep is something that I value so, so much. I think that it is really underestimated um, you know, what you put in your body and, and how you treat it and what you eat. Um, and, and just having these ingrained habits, like every day I wake up, I'm like, okay, like I have lunch and dinner. Like there are days that I'm mm -hmm. out of the house from, you know, uh, 8am to 8pm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I, you know, when I prepare healthy foods for myself, then I just feel like I'm the best version of myself. For sure. Yeah. Prep's been massive and also uh, for me, physical activity. So mm -hmm. I don't, um, 
you know, maintain going to the gym and doing, you know, going for regular walks, walking my dog, staying active with my son. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the energy and the, the, the mental capacity to be me. Um, so really prioritizing yourself in the ways that matter, because I'm sure having, you know, nice nails probably feels great, <laughs> but like, I'm not sure that it necessarily is going to, you know, really translate into getting your, your big goals accomplished. Yeah. So I, I could totally relate to all those points. And I think a, a while ago, I used to think like the self-care was like the nails, a bath, and then going to the deeper workers are doing therapy. And now I call it like my sweat therapy and those things I feel yeah. have really helped. And especially if you are going through like a mental um, or battle or anxiety or things like that, being a mom, it does help a lot. So I'm, I'm appreciative of all that. And I used to meal prep. I need to get back to that. Maybe September, that would be like my <laughs> start date. We'll add it to the list. <laughs> yeah. Also just realizing too, I think also giving yourself some grace, right? For sure. Yeah. Is I think as women, especially and moms, we, you, you're right. Like we kind of look at each other and we sort of. We're okay. We can. Oh, still... okay. I was gonna say. Just, no, it's just the zoom. We can still go. Okay. <laughs> Um, I think we really put put it all on each other that we have to have it all together. For sure, yes. And, you know, um, we have to do all the things all at once when, when in reality, just taking steps toward bettering your day-to-day is really the goal. Nobody has it all together. If they do, they are lying to you. <laughs> True. It's just, it's just not possible. Or they have a team behind them. <laughs> or, yeah, like a really well-paid team, right? Yes. <laughs> and most of us, frankly, like you do, you have to look at, you know, the people, look at the people that you think have it the absolute most together, air quotes, right? Yes. And look at, you know, what's the team behind them, right? Do they have one of, you know, do the grandparents live in the basement and they have this like built-in care team 24-7, right? Mm -hmm. They have, you know, yeah, like a live-in nanny, you know, do they collectively make $400,000 a year and, you know, have the expendable income to spend on, you know, a cleaner, somebody to grocery shop for them, whatever it might be, right? (laughs) Just don't bother playing the compare game and, and pick something and start mm-hmm. somewhere and just implement those small changes that are going to serve you and your bigger goals. Yeah, I love that. I've loved chatting with you and connecting with you. This has been amazing. How can our um, listeners stay connected with you on social? Oh, my goodness. Uh, great question. So, yeah, I mean, I think I'm the most active on Instagram. Um, I am really not a very techie person, so um, I, I can be tough to reach. But, yeah, if you um, – that was probably the best place. But, yeah, I'm just Dr. Ashley Barker on Instagram. Okay. Um, you can pretty much always find me around Impact Healthcare as well. Okay. We can <laughs> add all those to our show notes, too. Okay, so awesome. There's, yeah, anyone I'm, any extra, I'm, we can add that. That's amazing. I'm in the clinic every single day. Um, I'm going to be a part of, we're actually opening a North End location as well. And I'll have i I'll have a part in that as well. So I'll be spanning Barry. Amazing. I know. It's all very exciting stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This thank week. you for having me. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Thank you again for listening to this week's episode. And as always, please share on social if this episode resonated with you or you think one of your friends or family members would love it. Tag me at Elise Margaret 
and write us a review on Spotify or Apple. It would mean the world to us and hope you just have a wonderful week.